0: So now, Lord, may my thoughts and my words and the thoughts of all of us be true to your will for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. He established a school in New York called the Edward de Bono School of Thinking. And he also established a school in England with the appropriate British title, the Cognitive Research Trust. And he explains what he means by lateral thinking by using an experience that he had when he was a Rhodes Scholar at Oxford. And one night after he attended a party in London, he got back to Oxford after the college gates were closed. And he had to climb two walls to get to his room. when he tells this story, he says that he got over the first wall without too much difficulty. And then he says, and I came to the second and noticed that it was the same height as the first wall, So I had no difficulty in getting over that one either. Except that when I hit the ground, I discovered I was back outside the first wall. <laughs> and he climbed over and across a corner. So he tried again. And this time, he noticed that the second wall had a gate in it, and the gate had footholds in it. And so he decided that the best thing to do was to go up the footholds and over the top, which he did except that when he was straddling the top, the gate opened. And it hadn't even been locked. And he reckons that the lessons he learned from that were first, no matter how good you are at climbing walls, you should always pick the right one. And secondly, some walls don't even have to be You can enter through a door that no one ever imagined, and that's how he discovered lateral (coughs) thinking—solutions that move laterally, sideways, sometimes even backwards, until you find the gate that no one knew existed. And. incident quite recently. And I can tell you that from personal experience he was given a very, very hard time for a long time over that particular war incident. But as I was thinking about it I realised that that's what Jesus does with parables. He uses them to get us to see something that we probably didn't want to see before, instead of confronting us head on like this, which quite often causes us to see what's coming and to build up our resistance against it. In using parables, Jesus wasn't confirming the people's picture of their world. He was trying to get them to see the world in an entirely different way. And the parable we read today is an excellent example of that lateral approach. It's a story about how we should help others, whoever they are. I think we probably all agree with that, and those of you who've read today's theme for the day will know that I'm certainly challenged by. It's different. What if that's not how Jesus intended? down from Jerusalem to Jericho, began Jesus. It's his eyes that we're supposed to see the story through. This Jewish land travelling on what Jesus' hearers would have known full wealth was a very, very dangerous stretch of road sure enough, as his audience probably half expected, the man is attacked. He's robbed and he's left for dead. vulnerable, powerless Jew. So what do things look like from his perspective? Well, an off-duty colleague of mine was out for dinner on the Strand some weeks ago. walking along, he was suddenly attacked. He was knocked to the ground and he was beaten up quite badly actually. He was hospitalised. But as the attack lessened, he opened his eyes and he saw standing over him a person who was very well known to him. Usually their encounter was as my colleague arrested him yet again and put him in the cells and he remembers thinking that this was not good and that he was about to be very badly injured worse than he actually was but to his absolute surprise he realised that this guy was clearing a space round them. He was getting someone to call an ambulance. He was getting someone else to call the cops. And he was helping my colleague to get on his feet again. And then he stayed around to make sure he was safe until help. We may never have been beaten and left for dead. But perhaps we know what it feels like to be rendered helpless <coughs> by illness, by redundancy, by depression, by old age, or by family trouble. Pain or the anxiety we suffer is usually quite bad enough. But often the last straw is the sense that one is utterly dependent on others. And often the hardest thing is asking for help in these circumstances. And the Jew in Jesus' parable is not only physically hurt, he's also humiliated and powerless. And when he sees a priest and a Levite coming towards him, it must be a bit of a relief. These are people whom he could reasonably expect to help. It's their job to be holy and caring. And they are of his own race and his own religion. But they keep on walking. I can't begin to believe what that might have felt like. So what now? Someone else is coming. a cup of water he couldn't be expected to carry on the beating he is the last person that the victim would look to for help or feel comfortable in accepting help from but the man stops cares pays for his stay at the nearby inn. Jesus told this story in response to a question from a Jewish lawyer. that loving your neighbour would be about imitating the Samaritan, helping others less fortunate than ourselves. It's a role we're comfortable with, helping others. And actually, if we read that story differently, if we read it as Jesus may well have told it rather than what we'd like him to have said, we had a much more difficult challenge. of sources. It means employing lateral thinking. It means accepting that sometimes other people are right and that we're wrong. Other people have the wisdom that we don't. That we may be the ones who are naked and bleeding by the roadside. rather die than accept help from him or her. The relative they've fallen out with. The rival who beat them to a job. Or an ex-girlfriend or boyfriend. When I was in hospital recently, someone in the next bed said to me, as the team were approaching on visits, oh, I hope that person doesn't want to examine me. That person being an Asian man. There really are people who still refuse to be treated nurses or doctors who are colored or Asian. I tell you what, I wouldn't be alive if I hadn't had two Indian specialists who were prepared to touch me. And my guess would be that the lawyer who asked Jesus the questions that triggered this parable was used to striving always trying to win the arguments, he was used to having the answers, to having right on his side, or at least sounding as if he did. And I suppose that's fine in a court of law. but it isn't the way that we're called to be in the rest of life, with each other and with God. I do ask the lawyer to inherit eternal life. And he expected an answer that demanded something costly or clever. Instead, Jesus tells him that it's only when we've learnt to receive, even from those we thought had nothing. That we really start to live the lives, lives that are eternal and full, that he wants for us.